0: morning, Nancy. How are you doing today? I'm very well. How are you? Absolutely fantastic. Excited to talk about this because I'm one of those people that not only saw Midnight Cowboy in a theater, not a multiplex, but a, a physical theater. Then we went to the drive-in theater and I, I, I swear to God, I've seen it on every format that it's ever been available.
1: That's amazing. You know, you you are very much like a number of people we've spoken to that were so moved when they first saw this film that they had to either see it again or they would tell me where they saw it. They would tell me what they were wearing when they saw it. I mean, it was one of these films that just touched them and in some cases changed their lives.
0: Did it change your life in doing this documentary? Because, I mean, you got to go a lot closer than most of us do
1: well you know every documentary i do changes my life but this one did especially because i did deep very deep and it was challenging you know there were so many themes that emerged and so many different ways to tell the story and i found that actually the most honest and authentic way to tell it was just to let it breathe and 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 tell it as if i were having a conversation let what let one theme emerge from the other and um and ultimately create a tapestry of themes with lots of threads going in and out so that was that was a challenge but it was a lovely one and um i think it's it seems to be resonating
0: I think one of the things I remember uh, my, my father telling me was he loved the movie because, first of all, he was a freak on Westerns. He loved Westerns. And yet it set him back when the movie came out in a modern world. And I think he accepted that in a way that touched him because all of a sudden, you know, all those Western stars were different in his eyes
1: very interesting you know obviously in our film we spend a lot of time focused on the western Mm -hmm. and and the changing in in the concept of westerns the the change of the mythology around westerns um i think that uh, there's no question that john schlesinger was was looking at that too i mean he called it midnight cowboy he didn't call it he he didn't try to create the idea that this was a buddy movie this was really about the joe buck character and and joe buck Performing as a cowboy, he is not. He doesn't pretend to be a cowboy, but he's performing like a cowboy, um, and he believes that his cowboy garb is going to attract women, which is also, you know, obviously misled. So there's there's a whole the whole idea around westerns was very very important to me, especially as it pertained to Vietnam as well.
0: Do you think the psychology behind that is, is because really almost every little boy grows up pretending to be a cowboy and maybe we saw our own selves in this movie?
1: Uh, well, you know, we, we, we kind of get into that in our film where we talk about how we, we get a sense of our of right and wrong and morality through Westerns and, and little do we realize that that morality is not correct that, you know, we're taking advantage of, you know, in the Western, the, the cowboys are the good guys and the, the Indians are the bad guys. And, um, and that couldn't be further from the truth. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and then if you translate that to Vietnam, a lot of the soldiers that fought in Vietnam grew up on Westerns as well. Yeah. So their concept of fighting indigenous people is also kind of warped. Uh, I, I think that's a that's a really important concept. That I, at least I believe it was a a reason that we spend some time on that in our film, because people begin to question the Vietnam War in the beginning of the '60s, and that kind of questioning is what begins to unleash an attitude about authority in general and allows for the gay rights movement and the, and the um, mm. women's liberation movement and um, the black civil rights movement, all of these movements really emerge out of our decision to question a war that our country is fighting. So I, felt, I found it was all connected and worth looking at.
0: You bring it up as such a great time in history. I mean, 10 years ago, you know, things were different in the world. But today, uh, this this documentary needs to be experienced as well as explained. Because it's just one of those things that we need right now. And it's almost like you, right place, right time, Nancy.
1: Well, thank you very much. I, I think that, to be honest with you, I think it would almost be... Uh, this this documentary and Midnight Cowboy could be seen in almost any decade. There's something timeless about that film because it reminds us how um, how important it is to question authority and how important it is also to care about each other. At the end of the day, Midnight Cowboy is about the human condition and it's about the need for people to connect to each other and to, to care about each other and to try to save each other no matter where you are in the in the latter, it's in, in society, no matter what rung you're on, everybody deserves salvation. And I think that could have been made any time.
0: Listen, you need to understand that this documentary is going to be in movie theaters. This isn't going to be something you're going to quickly jump onto a, a streaming channel and find. And, and I love the idea that you're putting it in theaters because we need to experience it on that larger screen. Because I think it's, it's going to go deeper into our soul by making it bigger than life.
1: Well, thank you so much for saying that. Um we are in theaters. We we just opened at the Film Forum in New York and at the Lemley Theaters in LA, and we've got a long list of theaters. If anybody's interested, they can go to zeitgeistfilms.com that has the entire list. And we'll be we'll be advertising um, each theater as well on our, our social media. But I appreciate what you say about the larger than life quality. In fact, the interviews that we do are those those people that we're interviewing in our film, they're, they're very much larger than life. We shoot them close up, it's very intimate, um, and they're very invested in that movie, and I think the interviews really do help guide the viewer through these multitude of themes.
0: Speaking of those conversations, was John Voigt pretty much open to talk about it? Because I know that that one scene, it makes me giggle like a child when he says that he wanted to say something that was very poetic. I love the fact that it was very raw and it didn't go poetic because it showed his human self.
1: I agree. Uh, he was he was a terrific um, interviewee, and he was very invested in the his the Midnight Cowboy itself in the film. He and you know that that film changed his life. That that was probably his first major role Mm -hmm. and he he hit it out of the park and um and he proved he was a serious actor up until then he had just been doing some television things and not very successfully i might add so you know this was a very important part for him but it was also a bonding experience for him with dustin hoffman with john schlesinger they all bonded in a pretty unique way which is fascinating because in many ways that's what midnight cowboy is about is bonding.
0: You bring up a really interesting point about them bonding, and the reason why I bring say that is because you know you, you say that you know the, it, it was interesting to see these these actors in real life get together. Well, that's what the whole theme of the show is about, is it not? The movie it's it's about an unlikely friendship. So I mean, it was like they were they were acting it out in real life as well as on film.
1: Very much so, and and they, and they still feel that way. I mean, unfortunately, Dustin Hoffman wasn't available for for an interview, but John John was very interested in whether or not Dustin was going to be uh, in our film, and and uh, obviously wanted him to be in it. I mean, there, I think there's a genuine caring among all the people that are in the film who are still alive, and there's a genuine sadness about those who are not. Uh, yeah, this as I say, this this film really changed their lives as much as it's changed ours.
0: How many people have you talked with that look at the film and and look at the 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 city of New York behind them as a picture postcard from the past, and they embrace that 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 unbelievable New York scene because we've all fallen in love with that, and and this film takes place in that, but it's in a different time period. But I still really love it
1: when you say still i think people really do love it and many of them miss it yes (laughs) Um, you know i i think one one thing though i i just want to point out is that people who look back on that period, particularly the the Times Square, the very seedy, gritty Times Square. And <laughs> they tend to romanticize it a lot. You know, that was there were a lot of very sad people who were living in Times Square then. I'm not saying that the desertification of Times Square is any better. I think that it also has its drawbacks. But but you know, let's not forget that there were people who were really struggling. And and those people had to find somewhere else to you know, live, and, and you know, we see my 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 concern about today is that we have so many people still living on the streets, yep. and so many people. There's so much economic disparity um, at this time, and I, you know, it it didn't it didn't start here. It, you know, we see that economic disparity in the Midnight Cowboy, and I don't know. It's just. I'm not sure much has changed and that's that's kind of sad
0: I think the only thing that's changed and I just learned this on America's Got Talent is that they're not saying people of homelessness they're saying houseless and and that that changed me and then I looked at my wife and I said my god we're going to talk about this w- with with this documentary because I'm sure it's going to come up in the subject that that well, you know he, people without homes.
1: That's right. Um, and, and I guess the idea of changing the terminology is, is very much like what's going on with a lot of terminology today. but I can, I can appreciate the fact that they don't no one wants to impose on someone the idea that they don't have a home just right. because they don't have a house. So um, I, I understand that intellectually.
0: So for you to go into the darker side of the other side of movie making, I mean, how do you mentally and physically prepare yourself for that? And once you've been there, how do you recover?
1: That's really a, a kind question on your part. Um, it, it's you don't really recover, and mm. in some ways, you shouldn't. You know, I'm I'm now. I never walk down the street without thinking about these characters when I see someone on the street who is who is you know begging or or houseless or homeless whatever you want to call it um i i think i was always sensitive to that i think it's one of the reasons i made this movie um but i am very even more so today and I hope I always will be. Um, I think the need for human commitment, this is what John Schlesinger says at the end of our movie, that that's what makes this movie last and resonate. Mm-hmm. This is also something that is going to stay with me. Not that I didn't feel that before, but I feel it more acutely now. Um, you, you, I hope these films change me and I hope they change everybody who sees them.
0: See this this is this is drawing me closer and closer to directors and filmmakers in the way that you carry these characters forward. I mean, even Wes Anderson talks about this about how it, you can't just shed these characters away. You've got to talk to them in a way of saying, "Look, continue your story, but I got to get on with my life."
1: Well, that's not what we do. I mean, each one of these, you know, it's they say that when you fall in love with someone, you give up a piece of your heart. Yeah, and you never that piece back quite and i think that's true each one of these films i've made i've I've certainly given a piece of my heart and i'm happy to do it
0: wow so would this movie get the same kind of rating today i mean because look at what's being delivered today versus what was being released then
1: well, you know that rating, that X rating, only lasted for a minute. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, it didn't.
1: It didn't. It didn't last, and it was not even imposed upon the film. It was the filmmakers who asked for it in a most peculiar way. They had been. Uh, they it had been suggested to them by a psychologist in the, in the day that this was a film that was gay friendly and it might push some. Um, you know folks who were on the fence over the fence and 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 caused them to be gay and of course mm-hmm. that was all nonsense but it frightened the producers and they felt well we better protect ourselves if we call it if we call it an x then we can't be blamed if someone comes to this see the film and they are influenced by it um and then very soon after they realized that this was this was nonsense and the um the co- the 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 board that rates things changed it to an R uh, without making any changes in the film whatsoever. Um, but you know, this was a time when what homosexuality was a crime. Yes, and and um, and it's it's important to remind people of that, and we do spend some time in our film discussing that.
0: To be that brave in this age of where they want to shove people back into a closet. I mean, that that's brave of you, Nancy.
1: Um, I believe me I'm not the brave one (laughs) I I think that there are an awful lot of people who have been very brave then and today people who are who are transitioning today who are transgendered this is this is the new frontier is gender identification and that's a tough life to live Um, and so I I admire folks enormously for being who they feel they really have to be
0: could there be another midnight cowboy today is there a director out there that's going to take a chance
1: I, you know, I think there are other Midnight Cowboys. I think that there are a lot of, you know, what's unique about Midnight Cowboys, it was made by a... um, regular movie studio, was made by United Artists. But there are an awful lot of independent films that are looking at these subjects and dealing with the gender uh, dystopia, the gender uh, transitioning, um, gay life in in an open way that had never, had not been done before. I mean, there's so many independent films that are asking very deep, serious questions about society, about systemic justice or injustice, I should say, Um, you know, there are a lot of courageous filmmakers out there. I'm, I'm, I'm very glad to be considered one, but I don't think I'm very con- courageous compared to um many independent filmmakers that are dealing with very, very sensitive subjects. See,
0: and the one thing that I, that I felt was, I felt like that you, you're the conversation starter. You're, the, you're the one that makes people go, oh wow, oh wow, and then, and then the conversation begins. At least you placed it out here for us.
1: Thank you so much. I think that midnight cowboy is the conversation starter and all we did was embrace that film and say let's continue the conversation um and and in fact that's the way i created the the structure of the film was by having a conversation Mm -hmm. um but i i really appreciate that i hope this conversation continues well past our film
0: the soundtrack itself you know how we are with music we get our own interpretation did you do any research on people connecting that soundtrack to what they also heard on the radio because mental pictures sometimes listeners if they didn't see the movie they won't understand why that song was selected for that particular scene
1: are you talking about my soundtrack or midnight cowboy
0: how about let's let's use both because when people see the documentary that when they hear a song on the radio they're going to make a connection now but if they don't see the documentary ah, it's just another song that's what i don't want i think i think music has a, a brighter spot in our hearts and it needs a stronger purpose
1: well, thank you that that's well said um you know the, the score for midnight cowboy is considered one of the great scores right. and um we don't use all of it we use we use it a little bit we we can't use all of it It's it's kind of prohibited but you know we also use other songs from the era and that was purposeful because I wanted people to feel that they were immersed in that era so I hope people will watch our film because I think they'll enjoy those songs very much um, there's some unusual choices in there from Janice Ian to the toys I think they'll enjoy these these songs very much
0: the song selection I, I realized it was it was about the era because it, I, I guess I'm that guy that old guy that when he hears a song it does take me back there right away what what else did you use to put us back there outside of the pictures of New York and things like that? Because there's something about this 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 documentary that is creating a relationship in my heart.
1: Well, thank you. Um I, I think it is the archival footage and this and the stills that come from New York from that era that that puts you back there. And what we do is we integrate the actual archival from New York in that day with some of the actual shooting of Midnight Cowboy. So you can see how um authentic the uh depiction of New York was. And that's what made Midnight Cowboy so Unusual, You know, up until then, even if a film had a message, it was still delivered in a pretty slick package. And I don't say that to criticize because some of these films are extremely enjoyable and they do get their message across. But John Schlesinger came from the – he was a documentary filmmaker Mm -hmm. initially. He made hundreds of films for, you know, the BBC and other places in Great Britain. And Midnight Cowboy is his fourth independent his fourth feature um and he comes to the united states um to make this movie he was kind of an outsider he he wasn't a new yorker he wasn't an american and he sees new york as many outsiders see it, he sees it for all its grittiness and all its its seediness and, and also for its, I guess, for its love. Um, and he chooses to make this in that very realistic way. I think the other point that we make in our movie is that not only has he made that choice, along with his cinematographer, by the way, Adam Hollander, who is brilliant, but the audiences were were open to that they wanted to see something authentic and gritty and and realistic um they were going through all these um uh, you know the all these protests around the war and around you know looking at society in a way that they hadn't before and they wanted to see their movies do the same
0: yeah yeah oh my god i could talk to you all day nancy my god (laughs) you got to come back to the show anytime in the future the door is always going to be open for you
1: it would be my pleasure
0: i i I challenge you to uh, break down the movie urban cowboy because i I think that movie has got a lot of hidden scenes and a lot of hidden stories in it as well so I, i i look forward to everything that you are bringing forward to us
1: my my pleasure, really. And if you want me back, just give me a heads up and I'll go and look at the film that you want to discuss and we'll we'll have a good talk.
0: Excellent. Well, you'd be brilliant today, okay?
1: I thank you so much.